0: All right, welcome to the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson and Emil Calamino here with you as we take you into the NFL offseason. We got college basketball March Madness coming up um the the ever-changing world of college football and their transfer portals and spring football can you believe that spring football already didn't they just like end the college football season they did they did but we're rolling along uh football's year-round i just hope you people understand that so we've got a couple of things to get to main topic today though um in lieu of the nfl combine that was just completed in indianapolis we Emil and i are going to give you our top 10 NFL all-time physical freaks list. If you're um, a regular with the show, then you know when we do lists like this, the topic is thrown out there. Emil doesn't know my list. I don't know his. So we'll see just how many of the people on my list is on his list and vice versa. All right. So that's our big topic here for the show today. And we'll mosey into some other things. going to be a big NFL show coming up because that's what's dominating right now. Like I said, the Combine just finished. We're into NFL free agency. Guys are already on the move, some big quarterback moves, some surprises right there. So we have that stuff to get to amongst other things. If you uh, if this is your first time joining us, feel free, and we would ask that you go ahead and subscribe to the show right now. Hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, whatever you're using, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. We're putting a show out every week for you. Hate for you to miss it. Good stuff, Emil and I are coming up with every week. Agree or disagree? We
1: are. And, you know, by the way, even though it's a football show, baseball came to an agreement today. I did. You can
0: lead the way on that because that happened while I was out on the ball field training someone to play uh, football. So you can kind of lead. No,
1: apparently, you know, I didn't have a side in this one because I thought they were both kind of screwed up. I was kind of tilting towards the players because I always feel like professional sports, you know, you got billionaires owning teams and they all cry poverty but yet they all want to own teams so you know make of that what you will but they finally think the millionaires and the billionaires figured out how to split the money up and we're going to have baseball and anybody who listens to the show regularly despite us being a football show know that Chad and I are huge baseball fans so
0: we are I'm happy R&D doesn't always make for the greatest topic on the show because no that's a shrinking audience but nevertheless um, good to know that we're going to have baseball back. If you're trying to follow us on social media because you just can't get enough of us only being on once a week on the podcast, you can do that. You can follow Emil on Facebook, E M I L C A L O M uh, I N O. You can follow me on Twitter as well as Instagram and TikTok. If you're looking for like any kind of um, recruiting uh, tidbits, information, recruiting advice, if you if you are you know, a potential college football player or the uh, mother or father of a potential college football player. You can follow me on TikTok or any one of these other platforms that I name. It's at Great Iron Studs. Emil, I got to ask you this, though. What would you do if Facebook went away tomorrow? How would you communicate with the masses, the family? Well,
1: I mean, I'd have to pick another platform. I guess it would be Twitter and you'd have to, I guess, yeah, have to jump into the murky. You know world. what it is? I mean, I understand. Like I told you, I, I get like you have to use that. That's that's your your audience, especially for what you do. But uh, it's just such a, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, Facebook can be pretty bad too, but Twitter's like a cesspool with some of the people on there.
0: The 100%. Com- and nobody knows that more than me. Um, I could say if you were ultra into Twitter, is like something that you did 24 hours a day. They do have enough controls on Twitter where you can kind of fashion your world uh, the way that you want it. I mean you'll get the occasional idiot with a comment on on something that's either wholesome or doesn't require that that's going to happen but if you don't really if you aren't really heavily into the filters and all of the things that they use a lot of garbage is going to get into your timeline and into your world and um you're just going to be in that sense You
1: know the other thing is because of because of the the way it's construed, what what do they use now like 250 characters i, I Yeah I 240 240. So the way it's, it's fashioned, you know, obviously they're asking you to be pithy. There's a new word for some people out there. Yeah. I'm going to have to look that one up. Yeah. You know, they're clever, brief, you know, pithy, you say something it's, it's clever, but it's short. You know what I mean? It's short and Mm -hmm. to the point, but it also leads to a lot of people not thinking very hard Mm -hmm. and just saying the first thing that comes to their mind sometimes about serious topics and that can be good and bad, I guess. So you know what I think the majority of it is Emil I think everyone on there
0: thinks they're funny um or they're attempting to they're be
1: They're trying funny. to be Yeah, yeah they're I trying mean... their
0: best. They're trying to make that one comment that just makes everyone laugh by and large or make everyone go ooh and that it's yeah. you know, passed around and for the common joe that works the 9 to 5 and is not, you know, doesn't have his own Netflix special or any other way of gaining that kind of attention um it's there's a big incentive for you to try and say something That will see. I
1: see it a lot because, like you, I use the Bleacher Report for sports. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the stories will embed, you know, Twitter comments in there. Gotcha. You you know what I mean? So you read them, and I'm thinking to myself, like, they will be like some meatball in Wisconsin makes a comment, and it makes the story. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that something? When they boost a you know Common Joe's tweets
0: that was you know kind of idiotic. That just drives me insane but yeah such as social media today everyone's experts i've been loving lately the um tweets that i've seen where people are calling out you know general general i don't want to say fans general folks out there to say so um you were uh infectious disease scientist for the last six months and now you're (laughs) switched over to (laughs) geopolitical (laughs) analysts.
1: That's the new going joke, right? Yeah. I
0: love that. I love those. It's hilarious because, because quite honestly, that's what it is. Like these people will switch from topic to topic and speak as if they did eight years of college on it. And, you know,
1: nobody prefaces anything with, in my opinion, they say it like it's fact, you know, if I said it, it's a fact. Right. I try to be careful when I say things that, you know, I usually slip it in there in my opinion. Like, in other words, it's an opinion. I don't know. You know, I'll tell you if I know if it's a fact, something I'm versed in. But if it's not, it's just my opinion. What blows me away, too, is
0: when people will say things that can be obviously and rather quickly looked up on Google and um, they just won't do that. And they will spit out, um,
1: you know, information that is just counter to, you know, well, that's a lot of the world anymore. I tell, I tell people all the time, Google is your friend. Like, yeah, man. yeah I mean, up,
0: man. Honestly, though, Google <laughs> is right there. Like, you know, I saw a, a, a meme on on Instagram and it listed, uh, I want to say eight running backs. So we're talking about Barry, Walter, <laughs> yeah. um, Bo, Eric Dickerson, Adrian Peterson. Pick one guy to use in your prime. And the guy in the comments is like, LOL. Bo only had 2,700 career rushing yards and
1: it's like, um, man, you know, you might want to look up, you might want to, you, you might've missed the injury part. You might, you might want to head to YouTube and watch some film.
0: Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> just even pull up his numbers and realize that he played in 10 games per year. And look, oh, at, the num- look at the numbers that he put up at 10 games per year and realize that he averaged 5.4 yards per carry in his career and his rookie year, it was six point eight yards a carry in the NFL. No one's done that.
1: I would just encourage anyone younger who didn't see it in person, just find the the, the Monday Night Football game where he ran over Brian Bosworth at the goal line. <laughs> well, then then they're gonna have to go find out who Brian Bosworth
0: is. Just a whole, it's it's literally all day a lot of work.
1: Like, it's a lot of work for them. But listen, no, we no, but but
0: check me out, Amol. That's literally an entire day, like twenty minutes of work for these people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's an like, entire day. We're we're old enough that when you actually wanted to look something up, you had to go to a library. Kids are like, "What's that?" what's a yeah. library? No, Is absolutely. It, unbelievable. That's a place where I play,
0: where where, where I throw spitballs at my friend. <laughs> right, exactly. Do you know how many TikTok videos you can watch in twenty minutes? They're not doing it. So, yeah, um, absolutely unbelievable. Hey, you know
1: what I noticed as we get into the football here? Do you notice as this off season's unfolding? It seems like. More and more, and when we were younger, this didn't happen as much. There's a lot of trades in the NFL, and, and younger people might not realize this. Trading was not as common in football as it is baseball. Mm. Do you remember that? Like we didn't. see Oh a lot yeah, of no, no question. It was it was rare. It was uh, look, it was rare to see a guy switch teams um, when we were coming. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, aside from the free agency aspect, but you really never, you know, trades. You might see two, three a year. Four, you see that now in a day. Yes. Um, and, you know, there's an, a reason to that. And like speaking of that,
0: you remember how big a deal Eric Dickerson's trade was from from the sure. Rams to the Colts? It was, that was a
1: really, really big deal. And, and ironically, Marshall Falk going in the other direction. I mean, Eric Dickerson, right. a Hall of Fame running back, went from the Rams in his prime and closed out his career with the Colts. Uh, Marshall Falk, very early in his career, played for the Colts and got traded still in his prime to the Rams.
0: Yeah, um, very rare. But nowadays I think these players have more leverage. And so, you know, and that's that a big part of that is social media and being able to have, you know, have a captive audience where they can paint, you know, some of their own narratives and apply pressure to management. They're able to do that. And, you know, these guys are seizing the control. I think a lot of these guys really uh, keep a close eye on what the NBA players are doing and they they're trying to mimic that. You'll never have the control of an NBA player, but well,
1: you'll never have the control in football because there's 53 or 60 guys on sure. a roster, you know. And so unless you're the quarterback, where maybe you will, because the quarterback is so important, especially in today's NFL. But generally, the 60 guys, if you're you could be the best cornerback in the league, but you don't have the the power of a star NBA player that really the the team's fortunes rise and fall with that one player.
0: Yeah. And on that note, man, let's talk about the big trade that went down this week with involving a marquee quarterback. And that is Russell Wilson finally uh, moving on out of Seattle. I don't think either one of us or, you know, many of the folks listening to our podcast right now should be shocked by the fact that that did actually happen. I really didn't see him going to Denver. That was a bit of a curveball. I heard a lot of talk about him needing to be in the big city because of his wife, Sierra and her performing background. Uh, Denver's not a big city, but it is a good team. And I think that's an instant upgrade for the Broncos. We all know that they have a really good defense Um and they have a number of weapons. Uh, um, I think
1: Denver pivoted once I, th- I think to a degree, they had to know something was going down. You know, they had their eye on Aaron Rodgers. And I <laughs> think once they real, and we'll get to him in a little bit, but I think once they re- saw what was going out there, they pivoted and made a move to get a quarterback. But I will say this, I like Seattle's haul in that whole trade. I mean, I mean, I think they got 10% ownership in the in the Broncos. You know, I, mean, I
0: kind of listen as it stands right now though, Emil, I think Denver won that trade. Um if we're trying to look into the future at which can be, you know, murky at best sure. because of draft picks, then maybe you say Seattle, but you still got a draft, you still got to get guys to come in there and they still got to perform the way that, you know, you think they would. I guess you would say the same for Russell Wilson he's, right
1: I mean don't forget this is not the same he's a, a good quarterback but this is not at this point he's not the player that won got his team to back-to-back Super Bowls and won one at one of them I mean he's good he's really good but he's not you bad, know, I know Emil I'm anxious to see what a guy looks like with a competent
0: offensive line something they just have struggled to be able to provide but does Denver have a competent
1: battle? offensive line I
0: think they do if you're going to match it up against Seattle which is maybe not saying a whole bunch but it's a better offensive line than what. They're working with in Seattle. So, you know, that's that's less hit, less sacks. Um, and then I think they probably have a better wide receiver core because it really is just lock it Metcalf. And- yeah, I would agree with that for, for certain. Yeah. And then you, at this point now, you've got a defense that's going to get you the ball back. Play good. You know, you don't have to feel that pressure every week, which is what the last couple of years have been for Russell Wilson when he steps on the field. Like, I've got to score 30-something points today, or we're probably. Listen,
1: I think the popular narrative in today's NFL, uh, or right now, I shouldn't say today's NFL, in the NFL is because of what the Rams did last year, and it happened to work out. And as you mentioned last show, it worked out barely. It wasn't like they were a dominant team. but they No, did win I the mean, Super Bowl. thank
0: God for the kicker. Um, right. We're talking about
1: Matthew Stafford, but thank God for the Rams kicker. But I think there's this feeling like, damn, you know, draft picks be damned. You know, we'll just give them away and and, and it'll work out. But, you know, that that rarely works. I mean, the reason we'll remember the Rams is because they really did push all their chips into the center of the table and they won the bet. But, you know, when you're giving up the kind of draft capital Seattle gave up, it's hard to build around, a team. you know, to build out. You know, he's he's only 33 years old. It'll be an upgrade this year. But as you start to want to add pieces, you know, you just added a $40 million plus contract. So you've got a draft to to fill your roster out because you need players who aren't making a lot of money to perform for you. No question. Um, and we'll get to Seattle's future
0: in a moment. Uh, were you aware that Russell Wilson and, and Aaron Rodgers didn't like each other?
1: No, I didn't know that. But I mean, does anybody like Aaron Rodgers? Uh, well, apparently,
0: <laughs> you know, there are not as many people that you would think everyone loves Russ. But that's I'm the, I'm hearing more and more that that's not the case. I think um, there's well, what's a lot the, what's of what's the beef
1: there? What's phony,
0: the beef? Boney, um, uh, you know, just he's he's Aaron Rodgers. He just plays it better uh, media wise. Um, it's not as harsh and maybe not as forthcoming. But um, apparently, there's a yeah, there's folks out there that feels like he's pretty phony i know aaron feels that way about him because like this is basically me it's the same situation wanting to get out of seattle and I, you know i really think that russell wilson forced the seahawks hand like you know get me out of here um that type of thing but also <laughs> but he didn't
1: do it publicly as much
0: he didn't do it publicly as much which will garner sympathy from you know media and fans uh at the end of the day it's you know the same result tumult but you know, this guy actually left the team. Aaron Rodgers stayed. However, look, you got two roads here. Aaron Rodgers stayed, but then you know he took the team to the laundry. Um, he took them to the cleaners for you know contract wise. So I don't know how. He yeah, I mean, he stayed
1: right, and you know that's you know that we'll talk about that when we get there. But I'm. Gonna but say apparently, that- these
0: two guys don't really care for each other, and Aaron Rodgers is a little pissed that Russ, um, you know, d- drops drops his album right after
1: Aaron's. <laughs> well, but I mean honestly, can you can you blame Wilson in this sense? I mean, not you know I love Pete Carroll, okay? But Pete wants to run the ball and play defense. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. His quarterbacks up there playing chuck and duck. I mean, here's some sack numbers for Russell Wilson in the last 5 years. 2017, 43 sacks. He got sacked 43 times. 2018, 51. 2019, 48. 202047. 20, 20, Last year we got he only played 14 games, so he got sacked 33 times. If you extrapolate that out and he played all 17, that's probably 40 sacks. And he's a mobile guy. Could you imagine if he was a statue in the pocket? Well, at least
0: he's consistent. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, the poor guys up there. But again, you know,
0: Russ can't we can't put all the heat on him for that. So,
1: no, I'm saying he's like a tackling dummy. The he poor is. guy, you yeah. know.
0: And those uh those rip protectors get bigger and bigger every year. He looks yeah, like he has no, a I, gut out.
1: I don't blame him. Listen, you want to run the ball and play defense, that's awesome. But you don't want to put an offensive line in front of me. I'll see you later. So
0: what do we think of the Broncos in 2022? How far do we want to say the Broncos are going to go
1: now because they have Russell Wilson? Hard to say. I mean, that's a brutal division, right? I mean, you got you got Patrick Mahomes is still there. And, uh, you know, Chiefs. the Chiefs are going to be – The Chiefs are going to be the Chiefs, yes. They're going to be the Chiefs. They're going to be hard to handle. Uh, You got to expect, I mean, the Chargers, do they figure it out at some point? They have a quarterback. Mm -hmm. I don't know where Carr ends up. Does he stay with the Raiders? But, you know, the Raiders, if they're the worst team in the division, they're not a bad team. They went to the playoffs. Right. So, So, I mean, yeah. it's With an interim coach, too, I might add. So, yeah, it's a tough division. It's a tough thing to walk. Walk through. I mean, so, Russell's life didn't get easier. He went from a really good division in the NFC West to a really good division in the AFC West. No, but now, you know, shoot, the NFC's life got easier. I mean, the AFC is
0: where it's at right now. I mean, the real estate is getting expensive over there with all these top flight quarterbacks. Um, and the road just got a little easier in the NFC because you know, Seattle wasn't going to be, even if he stayed, they weren't going to be a six-win team. Well,
1: there. I saw something yesterday, and uh, they they actually uh you know, rank the top 10 quarterbacks in football. Uh, and I, I should have sent it to you. It was on, like, somebody did it on Bleacher Reporter, one of them. And it was an interesting list, of course. we like. were they calling
0: number one, Aaron, MVP, Aaron?
1: I, I think they I think they said Mahomes and Allen. Mahomes, Allen, Aaron? Something like that. Yeah, but, but, but my, my point is, I think seven of them were in the AFC. And the, then they went top three in the NFC. They went Rodgers, Stafford, Prescott. And when I thought about it, I'm like, yeah. I mean, yeah, pretty much. I No, no, excuse me. There was four in the NFC because they had Kyler fourth. Uh, gotcha. They had Kyler in the top ten and he was the fourth in the NFC.
0: Gotcha. 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 But I
1: mean, you know, you think about it, and it's kind of true.
0: I mean, yeah, if you want to run through it, I mean Carolina's not working with anything. Tampa's nope. now bare. Um, you know, the Saints are still trying to figure out who the hell that's gonna be. We know everything in the NFC West is pretty good. Um, but now you don't have Russell Wilson with the seattle seahawks the bears have essentially a rookie next year when they line
1: up detroit has a cast off from the rams yeah so you know the vikings have <laughs> my, my guy jerry my guy jerry jones his life was getting sunny for him when he saw that list and then he got sued yeah well <laughs> jerry be <laughs> just found fine. Out, we found out he has a love child
0: yeah um, jerry will be just fine his lawyers will get on that and handle that uh so <laughs> not to worry for jerry he'll be just fine. How's Jerry, man? And, and why is he? Why is why is Jerry's going
1: to be Jerry's going to be eighty this year. Why is he fertilizing eggs? <laughs> He's to fertilize. Well, come on, he did that twenty six years ago. Oh, is that what it is? So, oh yeah, so- she's twenty six. She's not getting sued. She's suing because the mother signed some agreement, you know, to get money, of course, and keep the whole thing quiet. And he was paying, and mm. now the kid's saying that my mom entered into an agreement when I was a baby, and I shouldn't be bound by it, you know, to not. Basically, to not disclose what's already been disclosed. Oh, for the love of God. Good luck with that one. All right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, another quarterback on the move, Carson Wentz. Um, there's no middle ground with Carson Wentz. You either think he sucks or that he's a guy that's getting a raw deal. Where do you stand, amel on Carson Wentz? Because you know what? Our guy that we listen to, Colin Cowherd, um, is you know, a Wentz fan. Yeah. And keeps quoting at 27 and seven. 27 touchdown passes, seven interceptions, you know, and he, you know, he fashions himself as America's honesty broker, but we watched games, Emil. And yeah, 27 and seven. That's good. That's a good ratio. But the stuff at the end of the game, when, when these are the most important parts of the NFL football game, that's not the guy you're getting. And yeah, I think that's extremely I, frustrating. I think we
1: covered this on one of our earlier shows, in the off-season shows. When you start using uh, statistics in the NFL for quarterbacks and just raw statistics, they can be very misleading because at this point, the way the NFL is designed with the, the pass game, to not have even decent raw statistics, you almost have to stink. I mean, like literally stink. Yeah, because no question. If, that's if you, like
0: That's like back yeah. in the day of running back. Playing all 16 games and rushing for less than a thousand yards.
1: Right. Back in our day when we were kids, you know, they ran the ball a lot. And if you if you played all the games and you were the, the bell cow back, you should have ended up with a thousand yards because they just ran the ball a lot. Sure. And I think that's the problem with these quarterbacks. The the game is so designed for passing that, you know, you're going to get your yards and completions during a football game because they're there for the taking. But as you said, at the end of these games, we watch it. and when You know, when you would they lose to Jacksonville when you when you need to make the playoffs and you've got to beat a Jacksonville team that was just atrocious, had all kind of problems, cope with with Urban Meyer, this, that fired the coach and you put forth the performance that he did in that spot. I don't know how how he watches that, that being Cowherd and says that this guy's getting a raw deal. Yeah, I don't even know
0: if that's entirely fair because what did I say that week leading into the game about the Colts playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, especially late in the season in in Jacksonville? It's been a problem. Um, and Carson Wentz just got there, so it's not necessarily Carson Wentz. It's a
1: Colts versus Jacksonville. You know Jacksonville. where I fall on him, though? You asked me. You know where I fall on Carson Wentz? He makes my life as a Cowboy fan now tolerable because they'll always be Washington. Right. Uh,
0: <laughs> you know what? If they... <laughs> There's something there, obviously, Carson Wentz. There's obviously something there. It's just, will Washington be able to get it out of him? If they aren't, sadly, I think it's, it's on to being a journeyman for Carson Wentz. This is his last chance. You
1: know, I think the question with him, though, is not um, the talent. I mean, what is he, Six five. I mean, he's a good athlete. Mm. He's got the arm. I, I think it's between the ears, and even in Philly, There was always questions about his leadership. And if you look at the way that team responded, both in the Super Bowl year and the subsequent year, if you remember, they were six and seven. They had started Wentz again that year. They benched him or he had some injury, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And in came Nick Foles. They win the last three games and make the playoffs the year after the Super Bowl. And I think there's always been questions about him as a leader, and a locker room guy. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I just don't know. No, it's just
0: not on par with what you need in a very competitive quarterbacking world. Um, We're hearing the same murmurs about his time in Indianapolis, and everyone probably needs to remember that Frank Reich was his quarterback coach when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, This was supposed to be a match made in heaven. And when Frank Reich, I guess, signs off on um, shipping him out of town, that's never really any good news but this is this is pretty much Carson Wentz's last opportunity if it doesn't happen here then it's on to you know the kind of world of a you know a Teddy Bridgewater or um you know who else is a a a journeyman fresh well you're not going to get
1: me shedding tears he made the top 10 highest paid quarterback I mean last show yeah
0: he did until you're done playing though I don't know (laughs) how much that really matters to a guy because you're still trying to prove stuff especially when you're in your 20s you're trying to prove that you were the best at something or could do something and so i think that's where his mind probably is when it's all said and done and yeah he can relax um looking at his marble floors but right now he wants to prove that yeah. he's better than the next guy at least be better than nick Foles, the guy that you know you know came in for you and won a super bowl but
1: well hopefully he can be better than tyler henke right
0: um yeah you know people don't really give that guy much credit i guess it's the name i
1: don't think listen i, I I mean, I know you're going to laugh when I say this. I don't at this point see it as that appreciable upgrade, other than name recognition.
0: Yeah, um, I suppose. So, what do the Colts do at quarterback? And I saw, I saw a Bleacher's report notification that said um, uh, Sam Ellinger is, you know, Colts number one quarterback. Yeah, that's uh, no, that's uh, not happening.
1: I think the Colts have one a couple directions they can go. I think there's a, you know, either you go to San Francisco and, and pry Garoppolo away and go that route. And if you do to me, that's kind of going sideways at this point. I, I mean, look,
0: if Carson Wentz made you nervous, <laughs> I mean, Oh, you're, I you're, said, your yes. fingernails are not going to fare any better.
1: No. I mean, it's, Jimmy it's G. definitely going sideways or, you know, I don't know if there are cars available. You know, do you, do you make, make a, an overture to the Raiders? I don't see, I think car stays in Las Vegas.
0: Quite frankly, but um, yeah, I don't know what you do. Do you hop in? You know, the Colts have been they've built their football team through the draft, pretty much with what they've got. You know, what they're calling mm-hmm. the core of their football team. Jonathan Taylor's through the draft, Quentin Nelson and you know, other parts of that offensive line. Right, really but fast. that team's ready to win now. You need a quarterback. You know, Emil, this kills me about this league. What are you supposed to do? Like, I cannot build a football team the way that I need to when I have a quarterback that's a veteran because I've got to pay. Or I've got a team, a pretty good team that I've built through the draft. And now I've got to go f- find an expensive rent, you know, rental. You know what I think, Emil? That's a young football team. And you bring in, a, you, you draft a guy you feel pretty good about. If you want to have a placeholder that you borrowed from someone else for a while, if you want to rent somebody, it's not an A alpha, someone highly regarded at quarterback. Just have a guy there in case the wheels maybe start to fall off. But, but find ter- some find someone is, there.
1: This is I, I don't disagree, but you know, this is my problem with with the way the NFL's constructed. They would argue against what I'm saying, and some fans would agree with them. I prefer like an NBA style salary cap mm-hmm. where you, where you can keep your own players if you're willing to pay them. Mm-hmm you know you can't steal other guys players there's a there's a soft cap
0: yeah so educate us and myself well i'm included. not an
1: expert i i know the nfl cap i don't really i, I don't know all the exemptions in the nba cuz i'm not a huge nba fan i follow it like most fans i'm a casual watch the playoffs type of guy but they have essentially a soft cap with exemptions your brother would probably be better to tell both of us and uh you know essentially if it's your guy they they have tiers, max contracts, and you can keep your own players. You just can't pill for everybody else's players. That's where they have a soft cap. Mm. The NFL with the hard cap. Yeah, I know there's creative accounting, but at the end of the day, like you're saying, when you get a quarterback that's really good, now you're paying them in today's game 40 or 50 million, which is about 20 to 25 percent of the cap. Then you've got to build the rest of your team in areas on the cheap. Or conversely, you could have a team where you have a young quarterback. Mm -hmm. but then he's got to perform or else you got a bunch of really good players like Colts and no quarterback.
0: Yeah. I. You know what, for the Colts, you know, if I'm a Colts fan, I want to see them draft a guy. I know everyone's saying that this is a weak, you know, draft class for quarterbacks. Doesn't mean you can't find a really good one here. You can't find um, your potential, you know, Super Bowl franchise guy this year. One of these guys, I really feel Seahawks or the Colts are going to draft the Malik Willis kid. Um, who kind of lit it up at the Combine. I know everyone talked about Pittsburgh being the team to draft Kenny Pickett, um, you know, from Pittsburgh. But why not the Colts, though? If you're really worried about his small hands and, you know, the, I did. You know, we
1: made fun of that last
0: week, Emil, the the small hands, hands smaller than... Listen, you know, a swanies. lot of
1: people have made it far in life. Marco Rubio has small hands, too. For God's sakes, if you go into
0: a Trump reference here, I'm going to shut
1: the show down. <laughs> no. Um, but I did as I, you
0: know, went looking more and more. Fumbles were a problem for Kenny Pickett, so there's something to the eight. Well, sure.
1: I mean, you know, I remember I told you that a few years ago. We were doing a draft show, and they they found an interesting correlation about quarterbacks. You know, how come some guys that are small make it, and you know, they don't all have to be six foot five. And this guy studied, and what he found out is that it's not necessarily the height of the quarterback, but the hand size. So, like, you might get a guy like drew breeze but i guarantee if you go look he has really big hands because you can control the football yes and it, it just will so allow happens. you to have a little
0: more power in your throw uh as well people may not realize that but Being able to get a good grip on that ball um, will allow you to launch that ball even better. Right,
1: right. So a guy six foot five tends to have hands that match a six foot five guy. So that's why it was always, oh, you got to be. We see that
0: same thing at cornerback as well. You know, five foot nine, five foot ten guys that make it and survive in this league because they have really, really long arms. So um, yes, yeah, I could see the same same dealer. I was saying, you know, the Colts are an indoor football team. Yes, you know, Indianapolis is a cold weather city. But they play indoors. Why not be the ones to get Kenny Pickett? Because I think he's a pretty good quarterback.
1: I do too. You know, listen, I see your point and I could see both sides of it. Because then if you're looking at the way the league is constructed, as these guys, as you're developing that quarterback, these other guys are not only aging out, but they're getting more expensive.
0: Yeah. And what are the Colts draft at this point? If you're not, if you're the Colts and you're not draft, if you're draft, if you're going to hold on to your first round pick, which by the way, um, they are the kind of team that will trade down in a draft and trade right out of the first round if they don't
1: like anything. Um, you know, Chris Ballard. They definitely has, has... need help at wide receiver. I mean, they maybe
0: need... they do. They could also use an they could also use an alpha corner too. And this seems to be a good year for for cornerbacks. So they could do that as well. But outside of that, you know, you do need a quarterback. So oh. maybe, maybe that's something you do.
1: Oh, well, sure. It depends how I mean we we won't obviously nobody knows what their internals say. How much they like this year's quarterbacks. I mean, they seem to be the type of team that's well run and will have a plan. And if they're not real high on this quarterback class, they may look into the second, third, fourth round to get more of a project guy, go mm-hmm. get a, a place filler, as you suggested, and use those higher picks on guys they're higher on because why reach? At a position like quarterback, I mean, just because you took them in the first round, if you don't really feel there's any first round talent there, why do it? Yeah, um, maybe
0: this is a year though you you overdraft the quarterback. Um, but I know that we still got some time to figure all of that out. Um, that's for sure. You know what I do find funny about this league and how quickly things can turn for people. The Steelers need a quarterback. The Colts need a quarterback. The Seahawks need a quarterback. On each one of those teams there is a guy there on the roster that was highly regarded coming out. But in the minds of the organizations that they're, they're at, they are just absolutely not the guy for us. So yeah, for, yeah. For, for the Seahawks, that's Geno Smith, who was, you know, a late first round pick, but, you know, supposed to save the Jets when he came out. As we found out, no one can save the Jets. Um, you know, the the Pittsburgh Steelers had acquired Dwayne Haskins, a first round pick and was thought to be all everything when he came out and went to the then Washington, what were they then? Were they the Redskins at the time? Uh, the Washington football team, Redskins commanders. Yeah you, they,
1: yeah. you know what? Let's
0: and just then, call them Washington. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Colts, they don't have two guys as highly regarded, but they were pretty well thought of in college and they had a name, Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger. And the feeling is that neither one of those guys are going to really get the opportunity to do that. It's just, funny how quickly you know the thought process on these quarterbacks can change in this league and you can go from a franchise guy to a journeyman um full-time cap wearer on the sidelines it happens so
1: fast it happens quickly and you know here's the risk I feel the NFL has and they probably wouldn't agree with me and I think they're saving grace as I always say is gambling and fantasy football if you're being honest it the way the league is currently constructed rules wise salary cap wise if you don't have a top 10 quarterback you probably don't have a chance
0: that's where we are right now you know I was maybe maybe three four years ago you may have got me to push back on that I guess I was a little bit in denial being a defensive guy but the more I've watched the way things are the way you can't touch the quarterback the way you um, can't really touch the receivers but the receivers can can kind of do more down the field than we've even let them do before like rake your face on a 75 yard touchdown pass in a Super Bowl um yeah it's just set up that way listeners if you love getting cash back like i do then you've got to get the get upside app right now get cash back on your everyday purchases without changing anything about how you shop or live you'll pay however you normally do with a credit card or debit card and cash back will be deposited directly to your GetUpside account there's no limit on how much you can earn get upside even works with other coupons discounts and loyalty programs First, you claim your offer, find local offers on everything from gasoline to restaurants and everything in between. Second, you spend, you shop as you would at your favorite spots around town. Third, check in or scan receipts. Check in to log your purchase and you'll be on your way. Finally, get rewards. Earn cash back and cash out whenever you want via PayPal, e-gift card or check. It's just that simple. I love coffee and I get mine for free just by earning cash back from GetUpside. Download the app and get started getting your cash back today. Click on the link in the description of this episode to get started.
1: Let me ask you this, right? You're, you, let's pretend you're not guys like us who love football and do a mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. You're not a degenerate gambler or fantasy football fan. You're just a casual football fan, maybe the guy with the sweater around his neck at the party in New York with a glass of wine. Jeez. Are you? Re- are Who's you really watching? You really watching the Giants or the Jets at the beginning of the year? You know that they're not going anywhere. Um, no, un- you know, unless unless that's where I'm from. But even then, I mean, here's the way the league is set up. And, you know, in the old days, let's use that saying, in the older days, let's say before the mid-90s or even 2000, let's say before 2000, you could have an average quarterback, a play, a, a game manager, and yes. you could build a team with a ferocious defense, and, you know, a pound and ground running game, and you could do some damage. And, you know, if I went back and started doing some research, I could cite to you simple teams that you'd remember certain seasons that were built like that. And, you know, they were tough to handle. And, and they probably went, yeah, to there the were a lot more season.
0: Tennessee Titans back in the day. Though. Yeah,
1: that doesn't exist anymore.
0: No, it doesn't. I've, although I would say we may get to a time where that kind of makes Well, it the Tennessee Titans
1: were as close as you get, and they were done in the first, their first playoff game.
0: Yeah, I mean, but so were the past happy Green Bay Packers, too. But.
1: Understood. But what I'm saying is, you, it's uh, in today's game when you look at teams, if, if you don't look and say, yeah, they got a top 10 quarterback, you almost feel like, yeah, they might have some interesting moments during the season, an upset or two. But, you know, when the chips are down, they're not going to win. <laughs> sure.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, is it that much different from from the NBA or Major League Baseball if you don't have a you know a top flight starter in Major League Baseball? Well, Major League so,
1: Baseball, you need three or four pitchers. Yeah, if you don't have more. a pitching,
0: if you don't have a start in pitching, you're not you know your season's going to end yeah. quicker than fans won. And if you don't have shooters now in the NBA, yeah. remember where
1: you got to have a big man. Um, yeah, not, not anymore. No, well, we're past. Before that. we get into our list, I want to bring up a trade that's going down. You may have just seen it; it happened today. I find it a little curious. I want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, I see Cleel Mack, who just turned 31, you know, still got some football left in him, but he's on the move going from the Bears to the Chargers. And it looks like the Chargers are giving them a second round pick this year and a sixth rounder next year. I I find that curious because I don't really, I think the Chargers would be better served bringing in some young talent at other positions. You know, they they have, uh, you know, Joey Baas are there. They they seem to be able to get after the quarterback, that doesn't seem to be their problem. What do you think? They're going to extra get
0: after the quarterback now. That's Vaughn and and Aaron Donald. That that type of deal. And you know this is a copycat league. So they're really trying to build a formidable pass rushing front and we figure we've got if we've got a quarterback and we can affect the other team's quarterback where you know we're good. You know, they're 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 good in the secondary. They're fine there. Um, we've got a nifty crafty little running back. Um, we just re-signed one of our wide receivers to a ton of money and we still got another guy that can still get open in this league. Um, I think, I think they feel good about what they did there for the now. And, you know, everyone's in a hurry to be, not too many people building for the future. Emil is kind of the theme that
1: we've got. I I understand. And I'm, this not a knock on, on on the player. I think he's a really good player. I just, I, I just found it a little curious. That's all.
0: You know, I don't want to bore people with the NFL combine. I think a bigger thing that we need to talk about before we head into our main topic here, which is the top 10 NFL all-time physical freaks, is that um, you and I probably just forgot that this happened. But an NFL player was suspended for the season this week for oh, betting man. on NFL games. A kid I happen to know personally and is from South Florida. And, you know, once again, we're always involved. <laughs> so yeah. um, Calvin Ridley played locally here in Broward County, Florida. Um, and, you know, went, to, went on to Alabama and, you know, really did his thing. There came out, everyone was happy and, and listen, um, uh, whatever happened in the middle of the season aside where he had to take a break from football up until then, he was really, um, taking the league by storm, you know, one of the premier wide receivers. Oh, really good player. I mean. Yeah. And I don't know what happened there. Um, you know, nor nor do I think we may ever know, but he took a break, um, from the NFL, but not, not entirely. He decided to drop some bets on some NFL games. and able it's cost him his entire season. So
1: $12 million. Gotta,
0: yeah, $1,500 in bets at FanDuel has cost him $11 million. Well, I really hate let's, those be,
1: let's be honest here. There's a couple of things. One, he used his own account. And the only reason he got caught is somebody on the other end saw the bet in the account. You know, I mean, I don't know what they do at in the office or how this goes down there. And, you know, they probably have internal auditors. My guess is to just watch what they perceive as illegal activity or bets that are big that tip them off. But they saw the name and they alerted the office, you know, the, the commissioner's office of the this NFL. This is not but,
0: smart at all, Emil. It's not
1: smart. But, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, my here's come the on, thing.
0: Come on, Calvin. Like, come on.
1: Come on. I'm always. speculating. But my guess is, number one. Probably made some bets through other means. Why Uh, start
0: now with your own name? Why? Why would would you trend it into this direction? Who
1: knows? Maybe somebody's impulsive and they're just like, you know, whoever was doing it for them, you know, I'll just set this up and do it myself. But the bigger thing is you don't think, I mean, here's the thing. I'm betting he's not. How's that? I I threw that in there. I'm betting. Yeah, there you go. I'm betting he's not the only guy that's betting on NFL games. I wouldn't bet that that's. True,
0: what you just said. <laughs> We're doing a lot of betting here. Uh, I don't listen, Amel. There's enough warnings there everywhere. I guess, listen, you've got 53 men on each roster on 32 teams. That's a thousand
1: guys. You're telling me you think, I mean, yeah, it's they warn you s- not to do drugs, too.
0: Uh, yeah, listen, it's tough to say that any like on anything that no one else in the league is doing it, um, or that there are other guys in the league that's doing it. It's tough to say that, but they're good, God, man, there are enough warnings. I'm not it. saying
1: it's pervasive. Like there's 20 guys in every team, but I'm going to bet you there's a handful of guys that what would be the reason? What, was, on, what would be the let reason? Let me give you an example. His makes no sense to me. Cause you got a guy making 12 million bucks a year that just it, let's assume let's take it at face value and say, since he did do something very stupid and bet through his own account, that that's the only bets he ever placed, because maybe that is the case. Cause as you pointed out, that is pretty stupid. So, Maybe that's the case. That makes no sense to me. But let me give you an example. You got a guy in the practice squad. You know, th- you know they get paid, but they don't make huge money. He feels he's got some inside information. You know, he knows how guys are feeling. Man, so, you're yeah. thinking mobster style here. I just, I'm, I'm not just, thinking mobster style. Yes, what do we, you are. What do yes, practice you are. squad players make a hundred grand. I don't know. I'm asking. No, they
0: you. make more than that. Enough to not freaking bet. And how much can you really move through fan duel on a bet?
1: You know. Look, I got I good know. information. Oh, oh because st- I, I'm, I'm the one making up these conspiracies because we know no one's ever done this before, like an NFL <clears throat> referee. Well, okay. If you want to talk to me about referees, maybe different story. And I think they kind of- They t- make good money. I, I bet you an NBA referee makes more than an NFL practice squad player if we look it up. Amel, I- Google I, is our friend. I do they do. I
0: wouldn't bet money on it. I wouldn't. You might be right. I wouldn't bet money on it though. I wouldn't take those odds. So Calvin Ridley, you're gone for yeah. A year. Well, Calvin, if you want to bet, you got two guys here throwing bets around left and right. Yeah, we're just out here throwing paper money
1: around. That story came through on my phone as I was driving. And I and just by the way, we didn't even talk about before we get to our list. I mean, we keep but Aaron Rodgers, 50 million bucks a year. 50 well, million.
0: God bless him. You know what I mean? God yeah. bless him. You've opened the door for some guys. Um and yeah, you know what? Pay these guys. You know, maybe people are mad that it's Aaron Rodgers, but why not? And you know, MVP, they hey, love listen, him, the league's making
1: enough money. You
0: know, I know, yeah, shell it are, out. Board back. Well, I don't know play. why fans get
1: mad at players.
0: You know, it's because they want they're going
1: to want a whole bunch from him now.
0: You know, he's got to win a Super Bowl now, or their cheese heads are going to get mold.
1: No, no, I mean, more the take of fans will say, you know, the players are getting all this money in general. And they're angry, but it's like, well, what do you think the owners are making? Man? They don't know. See, it's not so publicly you know, put out there. Well, you at- know what the TV contract is. You can do math. If the TV contract is X billion a year and there's 32 teams, take away a few small expenses and then divide it by 32. And that's the check the owner gets. They're just not as public
0: says- a figure. Uh, I think most, most watchers of the NFL would struggle to give you the names of of the owners of six teams. I just, well, you're probably right about
1: that. I just don't understand the animus toward the player getting paid when I have 32 billionaires that are making big money owning these teams. Yeah.
0: There's a lot for people to, you know, fake get upset about. And this is one of those things. All right, let's jump into our list because we're short on time here. The list is top 10 NFL all time physical freaks since 1990. I do need to throw that caveat in there. We're not going back into the 80s and 70s. We don't need to hear Emil bring up bullet Bob Hayes. I'm not going to do that to you guys. We are sticking from 1990 on. So the player had to have played in 1990 or later. All right. So that's the story here that probably cuts out a couple of names that we could have put in there. Not a whole bunch, though, because, you know, Emil, naturally over time, you get more the players get physically faster, stronger, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we can start at 10.
1: How about um, this? I'll give you my my 10 through six. You give me your 10 through six, and then we'll go at the top half of the list. Works
0: for me. And I think as lists go, you know, we often have the same guys on there. I'm willing to bet that um, this is probably one of those where we, I'd be surprised if we have more than seven of the same.
1: Okay. Guys. Well, we're going to, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Here we go. My number, I'll give you the a brief reason and we'll go from there. Number sure. 10. I have Cam Newton and I don't remember Cam Newton as he is maybe now beat up. Mm-hmm. Re- remember the guy that won the national title. Remember the guy that came into the league. He was a freak. You've stood next to Cam Newton. He's a big guy. No doubt. He can run. He had a cannon for an arm before they beat him up a little bit. What is he, six foot five, 250 pounds? I just think the guy was an absolute freak. All of that. All of all of what you said there. <laughs> okay. Number nine is a guy not quite as big in stature, but when you look at just the outright speed and the arm strength, how about Michael Vick? Can't I mean, there was a guy that could run like the wind and throw a ball 70 yards in the air. At least. Right. Okay. Number eight's going to surprise. You won't have, I doubt you'll have this guy on the list, but when I tell you him, you're going to say, mm, maybe I should have. Okay. Larry Allen. Guy could bench press 650 pounds. I saw it on video, and he ran down a a, a guy who made an interception on Monday Night Football mm-hmm. from behind, starting 20 yards behind him as an offensive guard. And he's you know he's a Hall of Famer, definitely a specimen. Specimen number seven: a guy who I thought really, really changed the tight end position to what we see today. Antonio Gates, mm. basketball player playing football, totally. I mean, to me, completely changed. I mean, he really, he
0: really was a basketball player. They really ripped that guy off courts to put. Yeah, out. I
1: mean, and I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you disagree, but I just found him to be a complete, a definitely, complete. A, definitely a good athlete, no question. Number six is a guy that uh, used to terrorize my team. One, Randy Moss. Mm. <laughs> I mean. That was a, to me, there's How much guy. did
0: he face the Cowboys? I, we know about Thanksgiving Day oh, where he had
1: three catches for 799 yards. Career, <laughs> the first part of his career, those first few years, I don't know what it was, but it seemed like Dallas played them several times. They lost a playoff game to the Vikings. He just, it was bad enough that he was already great, but he so hated the Cowboys not taking him because he wanted to be a Cowboy that he would just rub it in their noses. I mean, oh, brutal. He was a but he was a freak. So that's my that's my 10 through six to this day. I still haven't forgiven the
0: 1998 Minnesota Vikings robbing us of uh, they're robbing us of a Super Bowl featuring them against the Denver Broncos.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, that was bad. The way they lost that. Yep, All right. Remember.
0: Here's my list quickly. And in a nutshell, I've got Michael Vick at number 10, uh, which seems kind of crazy considering the kind of um, ability that he had um you know running uh, running around we'd never ever seen anything like this at the quarterback position um even at a time even at a time when you know guys didn't even throw the ball around much and we you might have had a true running quarterback we'd never seen anything at this position like that I don't not even since you know Lamar Jackson's probably the closest thing to it and even with as um you know dynamic as he seems still not Michael Vick so Michael Vick uh, number nine is a guy I know you don't have on your list uh, and you've already given me, you know, six through 10, but uh, I witnessed this firsthand. Joey Galloway, uh, a reported four one forty, which I can attest to. I'd run down the field with him many, many a time. And I watched Joey Galloway bench 405 pounds, weighing 100. We had to weigh in this, that that day with the Seahawks. So <laughs> weighed weighed in at 188 pounds. I remember because um, I was around the same weight. And uh, the kid benched 405 pounds. But with all that said, my lasting memory is Joey's a rookie, first-round rookie. So, you know, rookies get hazed. He was sitting Indian-style, legs crossed after practice, stretching, whatever. And a couple of the veterans thought that to be the really good time to approach him. And these guys got within five yards of Joey Galloway, and he realized what was happening. Unfolded his legs, got to his feet, and accelerated away from those guys. <laughs> within five wasn't, years you roomed with him didn't you yes uh he we were wasn't we, we he were a guy who
1: told you he was going to do this for four or five years and i'm only going to do the,
0: which by the way i ran into joey at the college football uh playoffs when the when michigan played georgia so we bumped it we had, you know i hadn't seen him in such a long time and i did bring that up to him i was like hey man you remember us being in that hotel room uh, right after you were drafted and you sat there, came in a room one day and said, you're only going to do this for about four years. And it's there you were 16, 17 years later. You got a good laugh out of it. I was like, yeah, and he checks- could still run at the end of his career. Joey, Joey looked like he'd probably still explode right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that's a guy that's a guy with speed and strength that just defied his size and everything else. So that's one people wouldn't really know about number eight from the Amel. And this might be a surprise for you as well. James Harrison, Physical freaks, I didn't want to litter my list with just a bunch of speed guys because that's just not fair to these big dudes. James Harrison, he of the 525-pound bench press. I'm not even going to talk about how mean he is. And while it's not the biggest bench press because, you know, even your guy Larry Allen had a bigger bench press, to bench 525 pounds weighing 243 pounds. Oh, no, it's incredible. That is not something to play around with. And then if anyone had a chance to see him with that interception in the Super Bowl in Arizona where he almost took it 100 yards, uh, that's a guy that could run as well. And so for whatever reason, he wasn't drafted high. He was an underrated guy. But the speed, size, strength package
1: um, was out, out, out of this world for James. No, Harris. that's a good one there. you pull pulling that one in. That was impressive.
0: Yeah. So you thought I wouldn't have this guy on the list. Emil, I'm I'm fully aware of what Larry Allen could do. 700-pound bench press. I watched a guy do 225 43 times. And Emil, I think he got <laughs> bored and racked it.
1: Oh, and listen, I never saw, I mean, that, that man, when I saw him, yeah, it was 700 pounds. You're right. I saw that lift like you did. And I I was just in awe. I mean, think about what 700 pounds is. I remember being a wrestling fan growing up, not
0: to go off on a tangent. And they had this wrestler that came over. He was a, he was a former power lifter. Ted Arcidi was his name. And if you're Mm -hmm. old enough, maybe. And they made this big deal about the 700 pound bench press. And yes, it's an amazing feat. But this guy Larry Allen, who was not a powerlifter, he just threw defensive linemen around. Also had a seven hundred pound uh, bench press, and as you noted, could run pretty good as well.
1: Oh, big big reason that why was the thing. Th- he was nimble. I mean, don't forget, he also played some tackle when they needed him to. I as, mean, yes. yeah, I mean, he was he was a Hall of Fame guard, but he started off playing right tackle for a while. I mean, the guy was just all, an athlete, one hundred percent. All of that big reason why the big
0: three were the big three because he was definitely a guy in the middle of all of that. From one cowboy to the next cowboy, I don't want to throw this guy away. I don't want to litter the list with a bunch of old guys. This new guy um is he did something last year I just had never really seen six foot three, two hundred and forty-six pounds, four three, nine forty for Micah Parsons. And he's gonna terrorize the NFL for the foreseeable future, barring any injury. That's a physical freak.
1: you know what I didn't know about him until he became a cowboy, and he played at Penn State. So we, you know, I'm in Penn State country, I watch a lot of Penn State games, and I knew he was really good. We he only had a couple of years there and he, you know, played more of his hand down. I saw him come inside out from the linebacker position last, last year on a a sweet play. It was against the chiefs. And, you know, you know, when you're watching games, usually as a fan, you don't notice this stuff because you're more watching the ball, but I just watched him Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I can't believe he got to the sideline and got this guy. You know what I mean? I'm watching this guy run and I'm like, Holy hell, trust me!
0: I, I saw the same thing last year going to Arizona games and looking at Isaiah Simmons, another guy ran a, a 4 3 and he's a big guy. Um, and I would, I you know I'm silly of me to try and tell Vance Johnson what to do with the defense because he's really really good for the, the the defensive coordinator for the Cardinals but I would love to see Isaiah Simmons used a little bit more in the Micah Parsons role coming off the edge maybe blitzing a little more because I think he has the ability to do it i've seen I've seen him run down the field with running backs on deep passes and it's just amazing what he can do right in- yeah
1: he's 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 you're right Simmons is a freak too but these guys like like those two guys you just named Parsons and Simmons the thing is they, it's not just the speed that's impressive they play with the power. I mean that's the other thing they have they can take speed to power. some guys are just you know there's a lot of fast guys in the NFL, but those two guys can play with some power too. You want
0: to know the overarching feeling um, and thought that comes to my mind when I watch guys like Parsons and Simmons play uh football's not safe no. <laughs> No, and I watched the kid at the combine from Georgia that's 346 pounds run a 4-7-8-40, Something I don't think that'd be. That's there.
1: why Joe Montana is walking with a limp because he's not much bigger than I am. Okay. Football's not
0: it's not a safe sport, people. No. Okay. <laughs> let's let's right.
1: hit let's hit five through one. Okay. All right. My, my number five is on your list. It's gotta be on your list. Okay. Calvin Johnson.
0: I'm that you have him at five. I'm really excited to see your four through one.
1: Yes, but but yes, <laughs> Calvin Johnson, absolute freak. I don't think I need to explain that one very much. If you don't know this, you're and you're too young to have seen him play, uh, get to YouTube, uh, look quickly, Meg- yeah, quickly do that tonight. Yes. Yes. Number four, and he played in the 90s, so don't hit me here. Mm. Lawrence Taylor, okay. L- Lawrence Taylor is the gold standard for what guys like Mika Parsons do today mm, uh, yes one of the the greatest defensive minds in the game still to this day continues
0: to call him the best player that he's ever yes bill belichick yes
1: yes i mean lawrence taylor if, any again if anybody's out there too young you had to do your whole game plan offensively around lawrence taylor because he would and you'd wreck, still be wrong yes he would wreck your game and i'm not exactly am i exaggerating no not he at would all just wreck people's game yes it, okay so He's my number four. Number three is a, a guy who uh, left us way too early from your alma mater, mm. Sean Taylor. Yes. John Taylor was an absolute freak. I, I What was he, 6'3"? Six, 6'3", three? Six,
0: three, four, four,
1: four. Yeah, Go I back. mean, uh, you know, died tragically, got shot during a break-in at his home uh, in the femoral artery and died mm-hmm. 25, 26 years old. Real tragedy. A, a guy that Probably I safe to say would probably be in the hall of fame had he played a whole career. Right. Uh, definitely was on that path, on that path. Unbelievable. Number two is my guy. Hmm. Just coming off something that neither of us knew had happened to him. Deion Sanders. Right. Uh, you know, I don't think anyone was aware that Deion had a couple of toes amputated. It was in some pretty rough shape was about to potentially lose his lower leg. Mm-hmm. uh he had some blood clotting in his femoral artery and then some some serious health issues from that imagine, but Deon,
0: imagine that happening you know well
1: that's what he said it's even hard for him now he said you know i'm just happy i can walk again but he goes you know when i think about the athlete i was and i look you know eh, that's all right you know you're you're 50 it's all right to yeah. <laughs> to, to yeah. not be and you're
0: walking ahead. around sporting that full grade bear too
1: yes yeah, he he looks good uh but dion probably one of the all-time greatest all-around athletes in in all sport so Dion's number two and number one i don't know how you can't have this guy number one on your list is bull jackson
0: yeah i mean if you were born um 95 maybe 2000 or later uh once again youtube is your friend go check it out um you'll be amazed even with anything you've seen in the last 10 years out of the physical freaks that train that eat better now I think Bo ate what he wanted, did what I he I mean, wanted.
1: if you gave Bo, two guys that I would love to have seen played with the training methods of today were him and Herschel Walker. I probably don't want to see that. None of us want to see it. It would, no, no, it no, would terrify no, the living hell out of us. No de- no defensive backwood. But those two guys, Bo Jackson and Herschel Walker, I would love to see if if there was a way to do it, You know, take them and let them have worked out and trained since they were 12. With, I, know, I, I think if that
0: happened, Bo wouldn't need... He wouldn't need that bow and arrow for those boars he liked to hunt. He'd just go run them down and tackle himself.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. What, what an incredible talent. But here, hit us with your five through one.
0: That's good. Um, yeah, interesting names on that list. Number five for me, um, and this is a name, I guess, you know, that would be forgotten, but Javon Kirst, 260-pound guy, four four three in the 40. Um, and if you remember what he looked like coming off that edge, it was just a complete mismatch for anyone. Um, sitting at that tackle, spot. I'm impressed that you found that name and remembered it because that is uh, well, that's he's impressive, a, and he was. He's a guy that played in the state of Florida, so um, yeah. you know, I, I would know. And he just really, he, his name was the freak, um, and he was indeed that again. Like I said, a big guy, 260, 44340, 4, especially back. And he back
1: had those back. long arms that Street, all, all long
0: and muscular, not yes. twigs. yeah, wigs like he could curl everything in the weight room. So, him, I've got Calvin Johnson at number four. Um, and my quick, my quick Calvin Johnson story, um, I'm watching the NFL combine. I'm obviously a defensive guy. I like defensive backs and, you know, I'm always thinking about how we can better cover wide receivers. Calvin Johnson creeps down into his stance and, um, you know, I didn't pay much attention to Calvin Johnson. He was at Georgia tech, you know, didn't throw the ball around there much. He didn't rack up amazing, outstanding numbers. But they did show on the screen as he got down into a stand, 6'5", 238 pounds. So in my mind, I was like, eh, this guy, he runs mid-4 or 5. It's good. it's good. That'd be a good prospect. 4 3 yeah. I got so disgusted as a defensive back. <laughs> turned the TV off and unplugged it. My TV just lied to me. This is BS. I don't want these waves coming into my home. We're Christians here. <laughs> Cut it you off.
1: You know what I want to know is how he ended up at Georgia Tech where they're running the option.
0: Yeah. You know, someone <laughs> sold him a dream and, you know, he wasn't intellect. So maybe he just decided to go that route, but for God's yeah. sake, right above him, someone similar, Randy Moss, um, man, I just shudder to think what would have happened if he had his act together and would have just been at Florida state for three, four years, what would have happened to any records in college football. Um, but as it's told four forty, six foot four, could jump over anything on a football field. And I think we all saw what he did in his years at Minnesota, even the pedestrian years. Well, why, o-
1: why see now I find it interesting? I had Moss, then Johnson, you have Johnson then Moss, even though we didn't have the same number on the list. I only put Johnson higher because I felt like the speed was pretty close, the the size, but he was just fit bigger physically.
0: I give Randy something for his um the jumping ability and just his ability to take the ball away from the defender. There's like an athleticism there, and then that final part is um, people really just maybe forget or didn't know about what he would do on a basketball court. This is a guy that really legitimately thought about playing uh, for the Timberwolves at one point. And, yeah, no, he was. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's know, hard
1: to argue. They're both, you know, incredible. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. know,
0: if you've got them three, four, you know, vice versa, exactly. you're not going wrong. I'm gonna save everyone the expense. Number two for me is Dion. Um, Number one is Bo. The irony for me, Emil, is the two biggest, best um, athletes of our time. One has eight toes now, as we talked today, and the other one has an artificial hip. And it just blows me away that that's that's the story. When when think back to Deion Sanders playing for the Yankees against the Royals in Yankee Stadium and lines the ball to center field. And Bo dives and misses it, probably had no business being around the ball. So, no. an amazing feat. And Dion hits an inside the park home run. Those two guys facing, if I would have told you, hey, man, 30 something years from now, one of those guys is going to lose some toes and the other guy is going to be on an artificial hip. You'd have been like, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. would you smoke? Well, so? I'll
1: tell you one thing anybody under age 45 listening to the podcast, you need to really do yourself a favor and spend a, you know, few minutes on YouTube and find some highlights if you haven't seen these guys.
0: Well, Dion's think, still around, you know, so you still get a chance to see there's names still floating around. So I think people have, you know, the younger generation to go look at what Dion's doing and he's on
1: Instagram. And so you still see it, but Bo's a little more incognito. Um, but here's the incredible thing. Both guys were really good. They weren't just hanging around like where Michael went and played double A baseball. These guys were really good
0: no legit, legit players in both sports that if they would have devoted um if Dion would have devoted full time to baseball um he would have done some damage if bo would have devoted full time to football he would have rewritten the records he would have wiped my man eric dickerson's single season rushing record out of there um and he probably you know health health wise intact would would be around what emmett did for a career, yeah. So. I mean,
1: most guys are happy if they're, if they're of that caliber athlete, you know, they're, if they're just happy to be really good at one sport, when you start talking about two sports and the other sport baseball, I think you might agree with me on this from a skill level, I think is more difficult than football. Not, Oh, no question. Because no. here's football. You can get away with being a great athlete to a degree and yes. that'll carry over baseball. You can be the best athlete in the world, but it's a skill sport. You know, your athleticism may help you track a fly ball. But it sure as hell isn't going to help you hit a slider at nine at 90 miles an hour.
0: Yeah, using your list to to you know heighten the point, Antonio Gates started really playing football um shoot um in, in the NFL or at the end of his college career. You're not gonna start in baseball that late in your life and excel at it that's not happening it's you just can't. not gonna happen no that's that's the way well, that here's it goes. what's
1: interesting though you said i i'd be surprised if we had many we had six the same on our list so once again yeah
0: i didn't is- think we'd have more than six i didn't and you know uh, we're, it ends up being right a couple of notes on some guys lawrence taylor and sean taylor the two taylor guys you have on your list yeah. definitely good athletes um when i was thinking about this list i'm thinking about like physical freak in terms of speed size strength etc cetera, etc cetera, which Sean Taylor definitely had that but when I think of Lawrence Taylor and Taylor, I just think of um football players yeah yeah Fair that's enough. what I think of if I miss if I really missed on someone on your list I think in terms of like a physical freak it's Cam Newton you know
1: um I could have fit him on this list somewhere but yeah. when I've got
0: Michael Vick at 10, I think I packed my list. But
1: I just felt like Lawrence Taylor, when you look at the amount of sacks this guy got from the linebacker position as an outside linebacker before that was really in vogue, like it is today. Sure. I just figure, you know what? I I, I the saw thought that play. comes to
0: mind with me, with him, Amil, is just mentality. That was it was just a mentality. I mean People really have got to go just look. No, he was,
1: what did he say when he the one video they have him on the sidelines? <laughs> I'm a wild dog. or something. <laughs>
0: yes. I mean, and that's really how he played. And if yeah. you talk about if you talk to guys who played against him, it's how he was out there. He was cussing and he'd let you know he was coming back and then he was going to beat your ass. It's like I legitimately have a problem with everyone on the other side of this ball, not dressed in our colors. And I've got they say I've got 60 minutes on this clock. To beat your ass, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna fill up the full sixty minutes. And And poor,
1: poor LT. You know he had, he had his demons with, with cocaine and. Yeah, coke kicked his ass, but no one in a different. No, Parcells used to find him. They'd send someone out on Saturday night to find him, and Sunday he'd show up and sack the quarterback four times. I mean, that's,
0: that would be me like, Hey, can you go find 56? We need them tomorrow. We've got yeah. a big thing. We need to Forget
1: do. the rules. We don't, we don't have any team rules. There's no curfew. All he has to do is show up Sunday. Yeah. Get him here for one o'clock. We'll be fine. Yeah.
0: All right. That's our list. That's our time here. I hope you guys really, really enjoyed it. You know, it's the off season. So it's list time. So we'll keep coming up with good stuff like this. Um, if you want to drop a comment on uh, this list that we put together here, um, feel free to do so. Um, you could, you could, you know, comment on the Facebook post when it's put up or the Twitter post when it's put up. You can send an email to C. Wilson at gridironstuds.com if you want to send it by email. If you're listening on Anchor, go ahead and leave a voice message. We would gladly appreciate that. And we thank every one of y'all that are listening to our show. Those of you that have subscribed that um, our loyal listeners that are coming in each and every week. And like I said, our, you know, our base is continuing to grow. So we love that. Tell a friend, bring a friend with you next week. And uh, once again, before you leave out of here, if you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you could be on to our podcast each and every week. All right. Time for us to head out. For Amo Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll see you guys next week. Enjoy your weekend.